Broadcasting live from the Phillips and Son Drilling Studios, this is 95.9 The Big Dog. WICLFM, Williamsport, Chambersburg, Martinsburg. A WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too. Let's go, guys. It's a game. We'll grab these guys up and turn them into a little bitty evil meatball. It's about to get ugly. Hey, got gun, both left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie, Omaha. Quick going. It's time for the Ernie McCook Show. Live from Captain Bender's Tavern on 95.9 The Big Dog. Captain Bender's Tavern, more than your average tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Now let's talk some Rams football. And welcome into Captain Bender's Tavern here in Sharpsburg, Maryland. It is burger night, and of course that means it is the Ernie McCook Show here on 95.9 The Big Dog. I'm Luke Wiggs, Shepherd Head Football Coach Ernie McCook, along for the ride, along with Parker Stone as we try to get the levels right out in the lobby, and I think we're good to go. With that being said, Coach, how are you on this Thursday evening? Uh, great. It's great to be here tonight. Uh, i got two fantastic guests, and uh, James Bell and Omari Terry, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing those guys on the radio tonight. Uh, and talk about Shepherd football. Well, a couple of housekeeping notes before we dive into last week's victory. Uh, first and foremost, look a little bit different up here at the front of the stage. That's because I forgot the tablecloth. Hand up on that <laughs> one. I'll, I'll, I'll run the laps for that one. But, Coach, I wanted to congratulate you as a, a supporter of the Baltimore Orioles, a birth in the postseason that we got to watch after the coaches show last week. And uh, are you going to have an opportunity potentially to go to Camden or just watch the games from the, the comfort of your home as they play in the playoffs? You know what? I'll probably follow it on Twitter and ESPN because uh, my schedule won't let me even really watch a whole lot of baseball. Um, my, uh, my, my son who's coaching with me said, Dad, how are we going to get to Camden? I said, you have to be, quit being a coach. So you can't do it. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, f- oh my gosh, I'm so excited for the Orioles. I'm excited for Baltimore and Maryland and uh, just the fun of them playing well. And what a fun baseball team to be a fan of. A lot of young guys yeah. playing with great energy and uh, I'll tell you what, we uh, we took the family this summer, went to the Hall of Fame, and then got back, went to Cooperstown, then came back from Cooperstown, and we went to an Orioles game, and we truly enjoyed Pickles Pub as a family. Oh, yeah. Pickles yeah. fantastic. And then we crossed the street, went into our seats, and the Orioles won. So... <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't even know if I remember who they were playing. <laughs> was that your first trip to Cooperstown? It was my first trip to Was it? Oh, that's yeah. absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, so I've actually been to the three major Hall of Fames, Baseball Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, really? Yeah, and the Basketball Hall of Fame, you know, I, I'm not a real basketball guy, but I, I really found it really interesting and really enjoyed my experience there. So I recommend all three of them. I mean, they're all three great trips. Uh, Cooperstown is such a cool town. The whole the shops and stuff like that. Uh, and Springfield was a lot of fun with the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, but my favorite, obviously, is Canton. Uh, going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've been there probably three times, and that will be my next trip. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, and then Coach DeBoe. Oh, I take that back. I'm going to go uh, probably in for Coach Cater's induction of course. into go. the College Football Hall of Fame in December. And I drove through Vegas this summer. And now I'm looking forward to uh, going to Vegas and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, speaking of the Hall of Fames, but before we turn our attention uh, to next week, 
um, and the game that we had last week. I, I did want to mention some somber news and uh, Hall of Famer of, and Dick Buckus that passed away uh, this afternoon. That was something that Parker alluded to, the longtime Bears linebacker watching a, a scroll and a feed on, uh, on ESPN. And, and Coach, certainly one of those players that, you know, growing up through the 70s and the 80s and watching the sport of football, somebody that's synonymous with uh, – uh, the city of Chicago was from Chicago, played for the Illini, um, and, and certainly a tremendous loss. Oh, what, man, what, what a what an icon in football. You know, um, when you think about Dick Buckus and, you know, what a really great player he was. He was two-way All-American, I think, at the University of Illinois, where he was a center and a linebacker. And, you know, when you think of the Chicago Bears, the grit, the toughness of that, that the history of that program, uh, Dick Buckus is right there at the front of the line leading the, that part. Certainly. Well, Coach, looking back at last week's victory, your fourth victory of the season uh, against Chippensburg, I think this was a game that came as advertised. We'll break it down a little bit play-by-play uh, play or score-by-score score at least, but it seemed to me to be a, a classic rivalry game. You know, you got a pretty good punch from your rivals in Chippensburg and ended with a victory. They scored that late touchdown to make yeah. it a one-score game. So kind of start with your general thoughts of last week's victory. Well, you know, it's nice to, uh, to get the win against a team that's been a uh, big-time rivalry for us over the last, you identified, 100 years. Yeah, over 50-plus uh, games played. Uh, you know, I, I kind of talk about it like when, when Shepard and Chippensburg play, there's people in the same neighborhood that live in the neighborhood. The kids go to school. Some went to Shepard. Some went to Shippensburg. Uh, so it's got a lot of great local flavor to it. Uh, and it's always been a game that we've enjoyed playing, uh, and it's always been a, a game that you know we we hold you know in high esteem when we get to compete against such good program with that. You know, Rocky Reese was a longtime head football coach there. He was the president of the American Football Coaches Association, and when you think of Rocky Reese and what he did at Shippensburg building that program, I mean the man was nothing but class first class all the time um, and then he, he handed it over to uh, his protege Mark Macheski who you know I know what a great football coach he is and how hard he works at it and cares about the game. Well coach let's start with your your first score on offense ball behind three to nothing but set up by a couple of really impressive grabs by Nazir Russell in the passing game he gets to finish off that drive with a rushing touchdown I, I feel as though from a confidence standpoint that was a drive that he really needed two fantastic receptions and then he gets the touchdown at the end he really did he had two great receptions uh, he took the flat route first then great did exactly what we coached him to do and then I think he had a check down on a uh, on a vertical throw down the field and then he, I mean, if you want to do clinic tape on what a running back should do once they get a check down, you can go to that tape right there. Nas did a great job making the catch, carrying the football, puncturing the defense, and he didn't try and circle anybody. He just punctured the defense and finished at the two-yard line. And then we were able to, you know, call his number again, and he was able to push it in the end zone for that first touchdown. And, Coach, one of the things I wanted to point out looking at here, the box totals for this game, I think it was the most involvement we've seen out of the three rear running backs on this team with Malachi, with Jordan Barnett, who got some of his first big significant action of the season, and with Nazir. Going forward into the season, could we be seeing more of maybe a three-headed monster with these two guys, or is it still Malachi being the alpha in this backfield and with Nazir and Jordan being kind of spells for him? Well, I, I think what you're going to see is all three of them be involved in our offense. 
and we're going to try and create as much balance as possible. Uh, but we have to be able to run the football, and our running backs are very important in the ability uh, to be an offensive weapons. I think our I, I love our receiving core. I think that they're uh, I think they're very talented and they can make plays. So we got guys that can stretch the field to take the top off. I love how the O line's been working and playing, and as well as uh, you know what the running backs done. So I I really am really encouraged by our football team in all three phases right now. How we're continuing to get better each week. Well, Coach, let's then uh, talk about the safety. And I had to confirm with uh, SID, the legendary Chip Ransom, that it was Mujahideen Johnson that was the official one that blocked that punt. Is that okay. correct? And what did you see on special teams? Because the punt before, you guys had gotten very close to blocking it. Was that something you were pretty confident you would be able to do once in that game? Yeah, you know what? If, if Coach Wright dials it up, it's probably going to work. You know, <laughs> uh, he's done a tremendous job with the special teams unit, um, just with the returns and knowing how to put pressure. And, you know, he, he, we'll sit there and we'll spend a lot of time on special teams and I'll be like, man, do we have to go this long? And when you have two kick returns for touchdowns, you have a block punch for a safety, man, 100%. Keep keep working at it, Coach Wright. You're getting it done, man, and uh, he does a great job. And the players buy into it. The players are at now are seeing plays being made on special teams and everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody wants to be the guy that gets the big block or the return or whatever it might be. Uh, so it's nice seeing that culture of the importance of special teams with our football team. It's really been game-changing this season, too. Go back to the Cal game, Cam Dorner's kickoff return for the yep. touchdown when you all were down 11. The block punt really sent things in momentum there in that next bit against Shippensburg. It's really been these special teams' plays that have been tie turners for the Rams really in this first half of the season. No question about it. They have <laughs> been special teams have played great. And, you know, they also, which you don't realize, is the plays we don't talk about. Mm. You know, they make the ordinary play extraordinary. Uh, executing the extra points. Executing the punt. Recreating field position. Uh, so, I mean, and, you know, not giving up big plays on kickoff returns or punt returns. And I'm going to knock the heck on a lot of wood. <laughs> How's that? I've been sitting there, you know, uh, talking about all the things that could happen bad for us but um the things that i you know i believe in the game of football making the ordinary play extraordinary is i think what really makes you a good football team and i think we're seeing that in all three phases right now well coach the second touchdown uh, from six yards out from cam dorner is obviously having a fantastic season for you as a sophomore but it leads me to ask you this question one of the more unique things that you guys have done this year offensively is extend multiple tight ends out really outside the hash marks you'll flex them out as wide receivers and in that particular package it was both jester and fisher that created yep. the space for dorner to score is that a wrinkle by coach clark or is that something it's, that's it, that 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 concept has been in our offense for a long time and uh it's something it's a formation into the boundary uh, so it's it's something you'll see a lot of teams do. Actually, um, one of our coaches, Joel Gordon, who is the offense coordinator of South Florida, is in the Hall of Fame, played quarterback for us, coached with us, went down to Virginia Tech. And Bud Foster said, hey, you guys want to have something that's going to be tough to handle? Here's something. And he gave it to us, and uh, I think East Carolina was doing it at the time when probably when who's the guy lincoln riley was that east carolina thing wow. or one of those guys was at ecu and i think it was something that they developed and like all the good plays in our playbook we stole it from somewhere <laughs> <laughs>
And then, Coach, the, the, the final two scores to talk about in this game, you know, it was long, methodical drives in the first half that built your lead, but you get two quick strike touchdowns in the second half, a 43-yard run by Malachi Brown, and then just a beautiful, uh, I call it a wheel route, I apologize, by Barry Hill to get that second one. Um, I call it a wheel route. Okay, I wanted to make sure, okay. Um, uh, two big strike, big plays uh, for your offense to kind of put this game a little bit beyond that. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the run by Malachi was uh, how he, you know, what, how Malachi, you know, improved from uh, the Kutztown week when he, when he put the ball on the ground a few times. His ball security was so much better this week and what he did and how he worked at it all week long and, and how he remained focused. And the run he made there, I thought, was great. Uh, he, he punctured it. I mean, he hit the line full speed. He did exactly what he was coached to do. Um, the O-line did a great job opening up the initial hole. Mal ran through it, um, didn't try to juke anybody. He ran through that tackle, did kind of a little spin move, uh, and then finished it with a touchdown. And, you know, I, I, I told him, you know, I didn't like how he started posing for a pitcher before he crossed the end zone, <laughs> but I was happy that he crossed the end zone. Coach, could you open up a little bit more about maybe Malachi's growth at that running back position? Of course, the story's been he's a converted wide receiver to running back, was a star inside the Eastern Panhandle, spending time in Hedgesville and Martinsburg. What's it been like really this first half of the season, watching him grow from a wide receiver, turning into a running back, and now being a real focal point of the offense? Well, you know, when he his senior year, when he played at Martinsburg, he was a uh, strong safety. So he played wow. defense. He was on defense. We had we had a chance to watch him, and we I just when we recruited him, I thought, man, this is a guy we gotta have in our program. You know, he had gone from Hedgesville, where he was a talented wide receiver, went to Martinsburg, played on the defense side of the ball. Um, at that point, we weren't looking for his position on defense, but he was too good for, in my mind, too good for us to pass up. And we convert. We, I, I think, I said, I think he could be a decent wide receiver. He was at Hedgesman, and then he came and he was a wide receiver. He broke his ankle last year during camp, where he was just a great effort play where he's blocking for an outside zone. Um, and then we went into spring ball, and we weren't quite, we weren't happy with where we were with the running back position. Mm-hmm. You know, we felt we needed to get. Because Ronnie Brown decided to turn pro, took a lot of explosiveness away from that room, so we had to we had to figure it out. And uh, one of the th- things we said, let's let's look at Malachi at running back. And it was actually my son Michael who said, "You ought to try Mal at running back." And uh, and he got me thinking about it and talked to the other coaches. Then talked to Malachi. And Malachi says, "Heck yeah, I'll do it." And uh, <laughs> He's, he's still learning the position, um, but I love how he wants to learn. He's a sponge, and he wants – I mean, there's nobody – everybody in our football program, you know, if you ever doubt our kids, you're shame on you because our kids want to play at a high level, they want to compete at a high level, and they want to they wanna do some great things. Well, Coach, is that something that ability to switch positions or players that switch more positions, something that happens a bit more at the Division II level? I've seen, you know, in preparation for these games, a lot of 
defensive backs or converted wide receivers. You know, you've got some guys on that are younger players, maybe even in your secondary, like a Miles Greer, for example, that you know have the opportunity that if it doesn't work out as a safety or a corner yeah. to move wide or, or vice versa. Is, is that something that maybe is a little bit more prevalent at D2? Well, you know what? I, I think it's the smart thing that we need to you have to do as a coach. When you recruit somebody, if you're recruiting a very one-dimensional, isolated guy, you know, you're, you're, you're really not having vision for your program. You know, because, um, like, we'll, for instance, we'll recruit an off, a defensive lineman and say, man, if he, you know, I'm going to give you a great example, Nathan Muley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nathan Muley played at Jefferson High School, was a tight end, fullback on offense, linebacker on defense. We looked at him, you know, we'd like our running back, our, our linebackers run a little bit better. So we said, all right, we'll, we'll try him at defense line. And, I, and, I, and we were like, well, if it doesn't work at defense line, he can go play tight end. And if he doesn't play tight end, he can play tap. <laughs> so we, there's a guy, like, we had a vision for that we're recruiting a linebacker that we can move to D-line that could be a tight end and could do something else like that. Um, so we do that with a lot, all our players, you know, and we're, we want to build our defense. Everything's built about being great on defense because if your defense is, is playing at a high level, you're going to win a lot of football games. And so we always want to do that. Um, but I think the fact that, um, yeah, that's, that's how we're them. dragging well, the answer out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, putting a, a finishing touch then on that uh, victory against Shippensburg, I did want to ask you this question. They started a true freshman against you and Sam Stoner, made a couple of great plays, a couple of rushing touchdowns. You know, uh, he's somebody that has a, a brief Division One pedigree, so maybe is somebody that could transfer up to that level. But when you see somebody that you play – that is an underclassman. Do you mm-hmm. kind of start a file on him as to, you know, this is what worked against him in the past and really kind of key in on him, knowing he's somebody you could face for another three years? Well, well here's something about Sam Stoner not everybody realizes. He's the son of a high school football coach. You know, his dad is a, is a head football coach at the, in the York area. His dad is very um, active in recruiting so Shippensburg is lucky to have him because they're going to his dad's going to help ship get good players because <laughs> he's going to want to put good players around his son Sam. Um, I, I thought Sam did a tremendous job for his first college start. Uh, his dad texted me like congratulated me on the game and I said, "Hey man, you got to be awful proud of what, how your son played. Uh, he showed great toughness and, and and the ability to compete at a high level." And when you and when he, he texted me back, and I didn't realize, he goes, well, that's also his first start as a – he goes, it's a tough atmosphere to start as a true freshman. Sure. Oh, and uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought the receiver, number six, was outstanding. I thought the running back uh, was very efficient. I thought their O-line played well. Um, I thought defensively, they, I think they have a good defensive line, Shippensburg does. You know, and, and Sunday when I went back in and kind of revisited, you know, after you watch these guys in live, you're like, hey, where, where, what number 59, what year is he? 92, what year is he? A lot of their good players are young players. So the future is going to be really bright for Shippensburg University. Well, we'll step aside for the first break. We'll continue our conversation with Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook. It's burger night here tonight at Captain Bender's Tavern. The mac and cheese burger, an eight-ounce patty with mac and cheese and bacon on the Kaiser roll, and $3.50 drafts as well until close. But you're listening to the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. 
Welcome back into Captain Bender's Tavern in Sharpsburg, Maryland. It's the Ernie McCook Show here on 95.9 The Big Dog. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, of course, Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook. We're going to be joined by a couple of members of the Shepherd football program coming up here in just a couple of moments' time in James Bell and Amari Terry. But, Coach, kind of continuing the conversation we had before we went into break, I wanted to ask you, um, we saw some guys play and get some snaps last week on offense that we hadn't seen a lot of this season. We talked about Barnett, but we also saw Ethan Williams at wide receiver, and we also saw uh, some big snaps as well for Will Ennis. So are we kind of starting to get to the point in the season where these guys are now getting a little bit more accustomed to the offense and they're earning yeah. some more snaps? Well, um, yes, Will Will's done a great job through camp and getting better each day and get to a spot where we're comfortable with him getting some reps. Uh, also, but Ethan Williams is a transfer from University of Connecticut. Uh, he's a grad transfer. Uh, Ethan had a little bit of a knee injury that kind of slowed him down and his progress down. Uh, so we're counting on him to continue to get more involved in the offense and and really give us some quality depth at what I think is a pretty good position group. And coach, I, I did kind of want to ask you this to slip my mind uh, in the first segment, but you know that game ends with. Shippensburg last week scoring a late touchdown, forcing you guys onto the field for an onside kick. And one of the more miraculous things I saw was Anilio Pena going out on the field wearing an offensive lineman's 77 jersey that was hanging down to his knees. Well, yeah, because the NCAA rules, you, you can't have two number fours. And uh, so we just felt it would, we'll put Pena in. And I, you have to report it to the official. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I thought was interesting, and so we, I think it's a number ninety jersey we put on him. It was, uh, was it? it was, was a it? freshman Jaden Perez's jersey, who's six uh-huh. foot five and two hundred seventy five pounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you know, when we would practice that, you know, like how we're going to get that going, and then you got the stress of the onside kick, and uh, <laughs> then getting a jersey on Anilio, and I, I, you know, again, there, there's Coach Wright just making sure all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted, and. Uh, you know, I thought they executed the onside recovery flawlessly. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. And going back to that game, Coach, I think this is one of the better performances this season from Barry Hill, a guy that transferred from West Virginia State. A lot of, lot of noticeable traits with him, most notably speed. How did you rate his performance going up and really leading that receiver core against you know, Shippensburg? Yeah, Barry, Barry came in um, came in last spring as a transfer, and he is a dynamic player. And we need to make sure he's on the field more. Uh, you know, the way Cam was playing in week two and three, it's hard to try and pull Barry off. Uh, Cordell Batten ended up playing extremely well. We have a kid named Gabe Bigby that's a really good player. So, we, you know, I, I think we're going to do we're – gonna, we're working at having a plan to make sure we keep those guys fresh and guys like Barry Hill gets more. Barry Hill needs to have more reps. He needs to play more, get more snaps, have more targets because he's that good of a wide receiver. Coach, another takeaway from last week's game was it was the, the most you had put an opposing quarterback on the ground. I mean, yep. your pass rush is really starting to come alive. Matt Bednarski had that huge uh, sack at the end of the game. Uh, you talked about Nathan in the last segment, but kicking out to that edge position as well. You know, Admittedly, first couple of games of the season, it seemed as though pressure was difficult for you guys to dial up, but do you feel as though you're starting to lock in at that position too? I, I really do. I, I think that there's a lot of pride and effort that's put in by our defense. They want, it, they want to be able to get after the quarterback without bringing pressure. And um, I thought we got close a few times. I think, I think we've been close a bunch over the last five weeks. And um, I really believe that it's just, you know, we're, we're still a young football team. We still have a lot of young guys playing, 
And I think the more they play, the more reps they get, you're going to see more plays being made on the field. And, Coach, one of the biggest things, I know a lot of people before the season started were pointing at the obvious holes on the offense with departures from last season to this season. I think enough emphasis wasn't put on maybe the losses on defense from last year, especially at the defensive line coming in there. Yeah. How these guys have stepped up really in really big positions. You're losing a guy like Kyle Smith, who was a double-digit sack guy last year, Malik Holloway, who was a great contributor on the defensive line as well. How's the growth been really from seeing these guys start out and working into these humongous holes to fill on the defense? defense and how they're growing into their own i i, I think it, i'm again like I, I as we started to show out i'm extremely proud of these kids and how hard they work and the effort they bring um those guys want to get after the quarterback they want to they, you know you're right replacing kyle smith uh was tough is a tough task to do but he replaced somebody pretty good when he was a freshman mm-hmm. so you know i think we'll see the same type of growth and kind of be able to kind of work with that mm-hmm. so well, it's it's been you know Co- coach murray is a deal our d-line coach and and i i love his effort his energy i love how hard he coaches the guys and teaches them so i think you know i i'm i would i would expect you to see more and more pressure coming mm-hmm. uh well coach before we say goodbye to you for a little bit can you talk a little bit about the the two young men we're going to talk to Mari terry is made a, a huge step up into this defense has gone from you know a guy that had played on special teams as a freshman and now as a starter and then james bell's been in the program for a very long time but you know he sat behind probably one of the best centers that you've ever had and he stepped into his role as well yeah you know what uh you, the two guys you're going to have up here tonight are probably two awesome just representations of what you want as a football coach these guys not only play well in games, but they practice hard. They prepare hard. They have tremendous energy at the when we're preparing. Uh, I, you know, when I started thinking about the two guys who are coming tonight, and when I knew this question would come, uh, they're the, they're a coach's dream mm. because they work hard. They can be coached. They want to be great, and they ha- bring great energy and effort to our football program on both sides of the football. And uh, they're, they're just tremendous young men. They're great representations of our football program, socially, academically, and obviously on the field. Well, speaking of those two young men, we'll be joined by them when we step aside and come back in just a couple of moments. It's Burger Night here at Captain Bender's Tavern in Sharpsburg, Maryland. It is the mac and cheeseburger and $3.50 drafts until close tonight as well. But you're listening to the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Welcome back inside Captain Bender's Tavern here in Sharpsburg, Maryland. It is the Ernie McCook Show with Daniel Hedges at the controls. You just heard from Shepherd Head Football Coach Ernie McCook, Parker Stone, along for the ride. And we are now joined by two members of the Shepherd Football team and starting center, uh, James Bell and Amari. I've got to ask, the position that you play on defense, you know, I call it a money backer. It's a hybrid. I mean, what, what's the official name of the position? Uh, we call it the star. It's okay. like a rover slash safety slash linebacker type position. Okay, so the, the star of the Shepherd defense, if you will, and the man that's his uh, going to force me to go straight home and shave off my sad attempt at a beard here in James Bell. It looks immaculate tonight. Uh, Boys, let's start with this question. Uh, What do we order? Uh, I got the daily special, which is the mac and cheeseburger. 
just a burger topped with bacon and mac and cheese. Sounds like an old lineman's dream. Yeah, absolutely. I got a uh, two-pound wing sweet chili. There you go. It sounds like the wings are the popular choice for a yeah. lot of the Rams well, players. And the best part about the show is you guys get up, walk over here right when the food gets brought down. So you're going to be staring over there for the next 10 minutes until <laughs> uh, we, we really uh, get into this segment. So guys, start off with the, one of the easier questions, a question I try to ask every player that comes on. Uh, you know, this Shepherd program, uh, for you, it's about three hours away, right, from where you're from in Virginia and yeah. Baltimore, maybe 90 minutes down the road. What was it, uh, James, starting with you, that, that, that brought you to this football program? Uh, you know, traditional winning is probably the biggest thing that brought me here. Uh, I came from a high school where I was fortunate enough to win a Virginia 6A state championship. So coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to go somewhere where I could continue to compete to win championships. And uh, I have two rings so far, hoping to get a third. So <laughs> it worked out. I would definitely say the same thing, like uh, a winning tradition, like coming from St. Francis, which is a national powerhouse. I feel like I wanted to join another national powerhouse, so definitely Shepard had that. Well, let's stay with that for a second, because high school football in Baltimore, I mean, it's, it's got to be different, Gravy. Is it, it kind of similar to, to playing in college? I'm sure you went up against a lot of Division One athletes, high-level Division Two athletes. Is there some similarities in the talent that you faced in high school? Uh, most definitely. There's most definitely similarities. Uh, a lot of guys can compete. Uh, a lot of guys can actually go D1 in our school, I feel like. But, like, Shepard is the place to be. Like, if you definitely want to compete, you know what I'm saying, you just have the right opportunities coming out of high school. Shepard definitely brings that opportunity for you as an athlete. Riley? Well, definitely. So, uh, so for you guys, what was it like as a journey to go from where you guys are at this point? So, James, of course, you sat behind Adam Stilley for a long time in the offensive line, learning behind him. And really kind of like a lot of people like to think the center position, you have to be like that's one of the smartest positions you got to play in the game of football. <laughs> so what it's like to take all that in, play in that center spot, and really getting thrusted into as big of a stage as you can get into when Adam went down halfway through the Colorado School of Mines game last year and you getting thrusted into the position in a national semifinal game. Talk about that. I mean, uh, I learned a lot from Adam. Super smart kid, super good football player. Taught me a lot. Spent a lot of time just one on one with him, learning the offense, learning what was going on, and it's really translated into this year. You know, I know everything that I needed to know, and then I know. I remember against Colorado when he went down. I went over and talked to him on the sideline before I went in, and he just told me he had all all the faith in the world in me. He knew I was going to go out there and do what I could, do what I did. And then here we are. So, And Amari, really that same thing, too. You've had to learn from guys like Emilio Pena. You played primarily on special teams last year. were one of those gunners on that end. And learning from guys like Keyshawn Haley, who was another big hitter in that safety Very spot. So what's it been like learning with those guys and how you stepped up into a bigger role this year? Uh, Keyshawn Haley, I would say like he was a defensive guy, almost like a second coach on the field. Like, yeah. Keyshawn, he had really line. Like, a lot of times he would be making his own calls or having conversations with Coach Klein. I feel like learning from him, like, Coming in this year, like I learned a lot from him, especially him being the older guy, me being a uh, freshman, and me being right behind him. So he would talk to me a lot, uh, give me a lot of like keys and gems and like what to do on certain plays and how to play certain plays. So I learned a lot from him, most definitely. Well, Mario, I got to say this: a little intimidated when you sat down because I'm watching you up in the booth last year on special teams. You've got to be, with the exception of maybe Keyshawn, the hardest hitter on this defense. You seem like the kind of guy that plays with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, and dare I say. A little bit of anger in there as well. I mean, are you? Uh, is that just kind of your headspace when you play every week? You're a guy that you know just kind of brings that intensity. No, I'm just uh, very passionate about the game of football, especially me playing football my whole life. So, uh, and then the hidden part is come with with the passion. <laughs> me just wanting to make plays. So, <laughs> there's nothing to it. Well, and, and James, I want to ask you this. I mean, is there something different with? 
every quarterback that you play with as a center, it's a different cadence. It's, you know, a, a different way in which they probably want the ball delivered to them. Obviously, you had some experience last year with Etch and then Tyson, but now you're transitioning to, obviously, Seth and, and Leck. Is there a transitional period there for the center where you're just kind of learning the different intricacies of a different quarterback? Yeah, luckily we were able to have Seth here in the spring, and I got a whole offseason with him to, to develop that connection, develop uh, the snap connection, and he, he's great with it, you know. He likes the he likes how I snap the ball. We don't really have any issues with that, so that was something nice coming into it. But Seth has done a great job taking control of the offense, you know, leading us, getting us in the right situations, getting the ball to the playmakers and letting them make plays. So and James, a big thing too on the offensive line. I know versatility is a big thing too. We've seen your former teammate Joey Fisher. He's lined up at tackle, guard, center at some points in his playing career. Is that a position you've seen yourself in at some points, especially when you in the last couple of years when you've been one of the reserve linemen for the Rams? Like if this guy goes down, it's a maybe you slide into guard, maybe you slide into tackle. Is that type of situation? Yeah, I think that was definitely the position I was in last year, being a kind of what we call in the offensive line a six man. Mm -hmm. We've had one every year since I've been here. I remember when I first showed up, it was Mateo Arroyo. Then the next year. Is kind of me, and right now it's really Curtis Jefferson who holds it down at whatever position he really needs to. So we've always had that valuable six man who goes out and just does whatever he needs to do. Well, Amari, first uh, focusing back on you on the defensive side of the ball. So you mentioned that star position, and, and you're doing a lot of different things. You've got a sack this season. You get after the quarterback at times, and of course you also have to drop into coverage. Is there an aspect of playing that position that you enjoy more? Are you more of a coverage guy, or you like to run up and hit somebody? Uh, me, I'm just a. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably a, like I like hitting a lot better, but like I'm in terms of covering, like I feel like I can cover well, well, and I just like doing what I can do to uh, uh, get my defense a spark and like just make plays so that we can get the ball back into our offense with, where a lot of guys can make plays. Well, well, turning our attention, then we'll ask you both, but I'll stick with you. Uh, your opponent this week does some really interesting things offensively. What do you expect to be doing a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball against Lockhaven more in coverage, or do you think you're going to be closer to the line of scrimmage? Uh, I feel like this week uh, Lockhaven is trying to, going to try to like throw the ball a deep a lot just mm -hmm. because the interior like is not as strong as ours, so they're going to try to make plays, explosive plays. So they're going to try to. So I feel like I'll be a, a lot more in coverage this week. Well, and James, is there a lot more that's going to have to be on your end pre-snap? Because this is a team that dials up a lot of pressure. We'll be talking with Coach about that in a little bit. You know, this is a team that blitzes 35 40% of the time. Is, is there a responsibility for you pre-snap? You know, you, you watch them on film, and what ju jumps out to you is how, how tenacious they are. They're trying to get after the football, trying to get after the pass, they're trying to tackle the running back in the backfield. So they are going to bring a lot of pressure. Uh, they have number two, a Division One transfer, who <laughs> loves to fly in gaps, loves <laughs> to see holes and hit them. So, yeah, a lot of pre-snap, uh, judging, judging their alignments pre-snap. That's why I watch a lot of film throughout the week, kind of pick up on some of the tendencies that they might bring into the game that they're not even aware they're bringing. Uh, but they're going to line up defensive linemen. They're going to shift them. They're going to move them. They're going to line them up in places we haven't really even seen the linemen line up this year. But we've had a great week of practice so far. Coach McCook's gotten us right uh, in our individual time, seeing the different blitzes they're going to throw at us, the different movements. I'm confident we're going to be able to handle it on Saturday. Well, guys, I like doing this with all of our players on the show. This is our little two-minute drill. So quick-fire questions here. First one off, your bus buddy on travels, with it being a travel weekend. Who's your bus buddy? Uh, I actually don't sit with anyone on the bus. but right You probably like that, though, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Right next to me is my boy, Curtis Jefferson, you know, me and him, best friends here since we were freshmen, so me and him love to talk about stuff on the bus, and behind me is Fleetwood, one of our <laughs> backup tackles, so Fleetwood always keeps me laughing, and Curtis always keeps me in check, so those guys take care of it on the bus. Or you got a bus partner? Uh, yes, De uh, Derek Adamas, uh, back. Yep, me and him got a really good uh, relationship, and uh, the whole DB core, really, like, we back there joking, mm -hmm. and, like, especially after the game, after a win, like, 
and keep me laughing about the bus. <laughs> you guys got a pregame tradition, anything you do pregame that you always do? Uh, I sit, and this is dumb, but I solve Rubik's Cubes for fun. Really? And I take one with me pregame, and I solve it in the locker room because it uh, so, uh, keeps my nervous energy down, but also keeps me focused. What's your best time? Uh, I haven't solved for time in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I, do it fun. I like to do the bigger cubes as well. Oh, like okay. Seven, okay. Yeah. You got one, Amari? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I like to walk the field before the pregame just okay. to get a uh, take in, like, the scenery and just because I'm blessed to be even be in this position. Like, I just... You got a uh, best and worst field to play on in the PSAC besides Ram Stadium. The best field you ever played on and the worst field you ever played on. Uh, well, they're not in the PSAC, but Colorado School of the Mines had a wonderful field. It was yeah. Oh, nice my gosh. There. Beautiful field. Uh, not throwing anyone under the bus as far as bad fields go, but... <laughs> Gannon's been a popular answer. Yeah, Gannon has been an answer more often right, than that. Something other than that, uh, Edinburgh's turf this year wasn't. Edinburgh's was rough. Wasn't very great, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I would like, I'd say Colorado Mines, too. Most yeah. Just, last year I was a freshman, so I didn't really get to see Gannon and nothing, but i say... Yeah. Me so far, definitely Westchester. I ain't like Westchester field. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got a top pregame song. You got a pregame song you always listen to before you go out. Mm, big Drake guy. So really, okay. really it's got an album coming out yeah, tonight. tonight. Tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm locked in. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> got a favorite Drake song you blast, or is it just favorite, whatever? Favorite song? Drake song is Western Road Flows. Great choice. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. More you got one pregame uh, song. Little Baby Freestyle. Freestyle yeah. from Little Baby. It's a good one. All right. If you suited up on your school's junior varsity basketball team today, how many points do you think you can score? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Zero. <laughs> 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 you can't get a bucket. He's a lockdown defender, though. He's the pass <laughs> ever that <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> if you if you weren't playing football, what sport would you be playing? Uh, if I wasn't playing football, I think I'd just be coaching football. I love, <laughs> I love football, so. Stay I feel right. like I, I'm a big baseball guy. Like I play baseball, baseball in high school, so definitely baseball. Okay, what position do you play in baseball? Uh, catcher, center field. Yeah. Okay, okay. Final one for you guys. One word to describe your play on the field. Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> Physical. Physical. Yeah. I like those. I like those. All right, guys. Well, before we let you go, I want to ask another question of my own. We, we've talked to Coach McCook extensively about you know some of the freshmen and redshirt freshmen and underclassmen that are you know maybe not going to see the field much this year but long term might really develop into something in your guys' position groups give the listeners a, a an underclassman that may not be playing right now but in a year or two or three those are going to be the guys shouldering the work at uh, at your position group uh, for me, you know, it's Josh Crummett, one of the freshmen. He's, he's uh, my backup at center. He mm. got a rep against Edinburgh when I came out. Uh, great kid, loves to learn, loves to be out there, be active. Phenomenal football player. I actually hosted him on his official visit up here at Shepherd. So I've known him since before he even committed to come here. I like to say that I'm the reason he came here. But, uh, <laughs> a guy yeah. I would say is definitely Miles. He's number 14. He's he actually yeah. yeah. plays right now. I feel like he's going to be like. A problem to be set for the uh, uh, next couple of years, and most definitely him. All right, guys. Well, we really appreciate your time, and uh, we won't keep you from your food any longer. Best of luck coming up this Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, another break to take. We'll re be rejoined by Shepherd Head Football Coach Ernie McCook when we return. You're listening to the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog.
Welcome back into Captain Bender's Tavern here in Sharpsburg, Maryland, where again it's Burger Night, the special, the mac and cheeseburger, and $3.50 drafts until close. But uh, it's Luke Wiggs with Daniel Hedges back in the Big Dog Studios. We've got Parker Stone along for the ride, now rejoined by Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook, and now joined by Coach Alex Hoekstra of the uh, Shepherd volleyball team. And Coach, your ninth season with the Rams, uh, and currently a record of 7-9, to nine, coming off of a very successful 2022 season. Kind of talk about what this season has been for Shepherd. Yeah, so uh, right now we got a, some really good young players getting a lot of playing time. So uh, the beginning of the year we had a very tough strength of schedule. Now we're that we're in the conference, uh, we expect to kind of make a late run. But uh, it's been nice to see a nice core group of two left sides in the middle uh, that are freshmen uh, develop and get better each week. And uh, they're going to be some of the best young players. Uh, they're probably going to be fighting over for a freshman of, uh, of the year in the conference, all three of them. So uh, to see a nice core like that blossom and get better each week is has been fun. Well, Coach, the thing I love to see when I look through your roster is a couple of West Virginia natives and with it some Panhandle natives. You know, the state championship, it almost seems like, is played every year out here uh, between Hedgesville and Musselman. You know, is this a pretty rich talent area for recruiting volleyball players? Yes, that area, also Hagerstown, there's a lot of state champions in those areas, so uh, we're in a good spot uh, to recruit some of the, the local talent. Uh, Hedgesville, I've went and watched them play. They have some uh, young uh, core groupies there, too, so expect them to be good um, in a couple years moving forward. And, Coach, some of the bigger players on your roster, I've been seeing their names pop up time and time again. It's Joy Fayweather and Claire Ellis. Claire playing libero and Joy playing that right set, that uh, right side hitter for you as well. Talk about their impact to Rams women's volleyball over the past few years. Yep, Claire's uh, uh, last year's defensive player of the year, and she's just a defensive dynamo. Like, she's all over the court, uh, great, great ball control, great instincts, uh, leads by example. Um, She's someone that's uh, a workout warrior that's you know fights through injuries, but also is the the person that's uh, you know setting the standard in the weight room and in off season training. Joy's just a freak athlete. She's played multiple positions in the front row. Uh, she touched well over ten feet, and she's just real dynamic and fun to watch. So this is her first year actually playing on the right side, which I expect her um, once she starts to get used to it to be more more dominant uh, with her blocking and her attacking. Well, uh, Coach McCook, let me ask you this question before I direct it back to, to Coach Hoekstra. I mean, what is it like uh, in the uh, the Butcher Center watching a, a Shepherd women's volleyball game? What's that atmosphere like? It's one of the most exciting atmospheres on campus. You know, the, the gym is alive, the effort, the energy that happens. Uh, but you see that all the time with coaches, teams. Uh, he's, he's been a great friend of mine for the last, what, 10 years almost? Eight yep. years, however long? Yeah. Uh, we share a lot of like philosophical coaching uh, thoughts, and uh, so it's fun to work with him and side by side. And I admire everything he's done in his program, how he builds it, how he coaches it, how he develops it. And you know, that our volleyball program is something that Shepherd University Ram Nation can be awful proud of. And if you haven't seen a home volleyball game, you're missing out because it is a lot of fun. Our players love it. Yeah. Our players love the good being in uh, the Butcher Center when they're playing. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when they play, we're game planning. And, the, and our, our whole building just rocks and shakes and stuff like that. So we've had a it's, – it's, it's, uh, it's something you should see for sure. Well, Coach, I'll show you. You know, one of the most impressive things 
if you come to if you come to a Rams volleyball game, is you need to stand by our assistant athletic director Aaron Lee and hear yell out the stats <laughs> because how they do volleyball stats is insane, unbelievable. Mm, it's uh, the hardest sport to stat for sure. Wow. I can't imagine. Well, Coach Oakstra, you've gotten the uh, Lock Haven football week off to a good start with your team taking down Lock Haven in five sets last Saturday. Talk about the game for a little bit if you could. Yeah, very scrappy team, so a lot of back and forth, long rallies. Um, they're a very good serving team, so it's going to be a you – that know, was a back and forth with uh, the serving aces and serving air, or service airs. But uh, we like those scrappy games. We like to, you know, to have that uh, back and forth. Uh, but we are very balanced. If you look at our offense, um, we're not just depending on one or two players. All right? Sometimes uh, five of our attackers will have over double-digit uh, kills. So um, it's nice to see some uh, parity and some uh, diversity as far as the offense goes. And that's going to you know, pay dividends later when teams are trying to scout us and try to figure out who to stop. Bill, Coach, lastly, uh, a couple of games on the road upcoming for your club and then uh, returning home to Millersville. Uh, what should fans expect from the two games on the road in conference play and then the opportunity to come see you guys in person? Yeah, uh, just like I was talking to them over there is that a lot of these teams that we're playing have a lot of seniors, have a lot of graduate students that are, you know, taking advantage of that extra year of eligibility with the COVID year. So uh, with us being young and playing some older teams, we expect every match to be pretty tough. Uh, East Strasburg's a special rivalry for us. They're the team that we lost to in the conference championship a couple years ago, and we seem to always go five with them and always be a tough match. So, um, you know, we have both of those that are uh, over, not overlooking anybody, but the East Strasburg one is kind of one that uh, we have a little circled on our calendar every year. Sure. Well, Coach McCook, you get the last question of the night before everybody digs into the fantastic food here at Captain Bender's. Uh, turning our attention now to your opponents this week in Lock Haven. Uh, offensively, the most one of the best running backs in the conference and a quarterback that can sling it. Yeah. Defensively, uh, what they've been able to do uh, with, with their head coach and the pressure that they bring, AM also being their defensive coordinator, yeah. both sides of the ball certainly present unique challenges uh, this Saturday. Uh, you know what? It's been a tremendous growth in the rebuild of that football program. Uh, what coach has done in the short time he's been there? Uh, I think I think I counted five to six graduate transfers: mm-hmm. quarterback, linebacker. Uh, they have an Alabama transfer, running back. Yep. Wag- the Wagner transfer, running backs, the one that's getting a lot of the carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you know, they they're doing a nice job with personnel, but they're also well coached. You know, they, they when you watch how they're lined up uh, in all three phases, you see what they're doing. Uh, you can see why they're, what their coach do. You're not seeing a lot of misalignments. Uh, they're very aggressive in special teams uh, with onside kicks, pooch kicks, um, things like that, things that we'll have to be prepared for. Uh, so it'll, it'll be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough, tough road trip for us. Um, but I think our team's excited to play the game, and we love game day. We love to play the big game, and we love the competition part of it. Absolutely. Well, firstly, Coach uh, Hoekstra, best of luck over these next couple of games. We appreciate your time. Yes. And uh, you. to Coach McCook as well, we appreciate your time, and best of luck coming up this Saturday. All right. Thanks for having yeah. us. Uh, and Thank again, uh, the special yeah. tonight is uh, the mac and cheeseburger for $3.50 drafts until close. This has been the Ernie McCook Show on 95. next. Nine, the big dog. This has been the Ernie McCook Show. Brought to you by Captain Bender's Tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Tune in every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on 95.9 The Big Dog and streaming on the 95.9 The Big Dog app.